Topics. I'm Brooke. And I'm Megan. And we're here, baby. We're back. Yes, we are back. We are in our hovel. It's dark. <laughs> it's hot. Yes. <laughs> but we want you to imagine us at the beach. That's where I'm imagining I am right now. Yeah. Imagine the screensaver on your desktop. That's where mm-hmm. we're at right now. That's honestly. Us. That's where we record. Um, Megan. Hmm. I am trying out something new when it comes to my style. Oh, what <laughs> like is it? Clothing style. Tell me. Well, I think I told you I've been trying to accessorize more, yes. right? So I've been buying rings and necklaces. I actually was going to mention that. I think that's a new bracelet, isn't it? Yes. So this is a bracelet of eyeballs. Um, I know the listeners cannot see this, but just imagine a bracelet with a ton of eyes staring at you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is exactly how it sounds. Yeah, so, um, it is exactly that. And kind of like brass... around the eyes creating the eye shape yes the brass eyeballs but then the eyeballs themselves are blue Mm -hmm. they're blue eyes Mm -hmm. so but the entire bracelet is just blue eyeballs staring at you and i thought it was so cool i thought it was from afar the evil eye i thought it i thought it was too Uh and then i bought it and was like nope it's not what that is just eyeballs yeah all right and it's super cool and it's perfect for halloween season coming up oh it is because that's kind of creepy and weird. Why do you have eyeballs on your wrist? I don't know. Because I'm cool and different. Because it's Halloween. Get with it. Well, yeah. That, it's Halloween. Then that's what you say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> no, but anyways, my point to this was, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm rocking one earring. Did, did. you notice that? I noticed it. And yeah. I like it. I think you pull it off nicely. It's Thank a little, you. for the listeners, it's a like a thick but small hoop with a cross under it. Yes. Am I right? Yes. Okay. So it's a little dangly cross. It's a silver yes. cross. And uh, I thought it was super dope. It is. So thank you. And I'm just trying to play with my um, my the way I present my queerness, I guess you can say. Sure. So. Just play around with it. Well, I've liked all your choices. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It looks good. Thanks. This was definitely different for me, the eyeball thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not too it's not too off the Brooke brand, but... No, it's not. I think they all represent you and just the right amount of quirkiness, but cool. Quirky and cool, that's what I'm that's going for. You. Yeah, so that's all I wanted to share. Exactly. <laughs> and well, the podcast is over. All right, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Codependency and Jewelry, everyone. <laughs> Codependency and Jewelry. But really, what we're discussing has nothing to do with jewelry whatsoever, oh. So there's no cool segue that I can make into this, but um, yeah, today we are talking about codependency and romantic relationships. Oh my gosh. So we've already discussed the fact that codependency in your life definitely uh, shows itself in friendships. Yeah. Um, Mine primarily shows up in my romantic relationships and it's annoying. Yeah. (laughs) And I will say in my past relationships, I think it definitely has showed up. But as I've grown the most in my codependency, that's been post-relationship. Like, I haven't had a real relationship since making a lot of progress with codependency. Oh, good. So, 
I so you're not too sure how that would yeah. kind of look if yeah. you got into a relationship now. Exactly. But although, do you feel confident because of all the work you've done on, in this department? I mean, I think it would look different and better than my past relationships. Yeah. But I think I would just, really what it is, is I would have a clearer idea of what to look for uh, in the pattern of mm-hmm. relationship and also in my behavior to, like, monitor. Yeah. To check myself. What to check myself on. For sure. Like, even just doing these episodes for ourselves. Yeah. Like, you know, doing that anxious attachment series, which, by the way, if you guys haven't listened to that series yet or later in our pod of... Um, the attachment style series and how we talk about anxious and avoidant, those are going to be really crucial to maybe revisit after listening to this pod because there's a lot of correlation between the two. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but when I learned attachment theory and really what it meant, it helped with understanding my codependency more. It helped with how I show up in relationships. I understand it better now. I understand the patterns that I, you know, um, previously had in previous relationships, you know? It almost gave me like a little checklist of like something to look out for and then I was like oh that's what that is yeah that's why I feel so uncomfortable or oh that's why I blah 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 and now that I know it I can't not Not see see it it. which is annoying and obnoxious but also so great because that means we're changing our brains yeah you know Absolutely. I think I would much rather be aware of it than not. Yeah. But it, it is kind of annoying because on top of being hypervigilant with some of the traumas that we've both dealt with growing up, now it's like <laughs> we're super aware and mm-hmm. hypervigilant of people's attachment styles. But mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing to be vigilant of. I mean, I, mean, right? yeah. I feel like, yeah, I think so. I think that it is because if I'm not, I know what patterns I'll fall into and then I'm miserable. So it's like I'm choosing, like, that's annoying to be so aware of it, but I'm miserable if I'm not. Exactly. So I'd much rather one. choose my, yeah, pick your poison. So we're going to discuss the difference between what dependence is and what codependence is. Mm-hmm. Because this one confused me for a while as well. Like, I, I, I couldn't uh, differentiate the two, to be honest. Like, I thought there was a lot of similarities, and I wasn't sure how my codependency was kicking in versus what actually is healthy in a relationship. How do you actually depend on another person? How do they depend on you? Mm-hmm. In a and, healthy way. Yeah. You're I, right. I didn't know what that looked like. That's true. Okay, you know? so one of the things that is dependence is when two people rely on each other for support and love, they both find value in the relationship. Yes. So they're both getting something good out of it. They're both getting support. It's a reciprocal love and support dynamic. Yes, that's being dependent. Being codependent, the codependent person is going to feel worthless unless they are needed by, and there's making drastic sacrifices for the enabler. So the enabler gets satisfaction from getting their every need met by the other person. The codependent is only happy when making extreme sacrifices for their partner. They feel they must be needed by this person in order to have any purpose, which obviously isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good difference between understanding those two dynamics. And then f- another aspect that is dependent is that both parties make their relationship a priority. Um, they can find, but they can find joy in outside interests, other friends, other hobbies that don't have anything to do with the other person. Yes, uh, and that's the healthy way of doing so. Um, 
the codependent has no personal identity, interests, or values outside of their codependent relationship. So that obviously is a big uh, difference between the two. It's, you know, that, I mean, it speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, okay, and then in a dependent relationship, both people can express their emotions and needs and find ways to make the relationship beneficial for both of them. So one person isn't being silenced or feeling like they can't communicate. Yes. And then being codependent, one person feels their desires and needs are unimportant and will not express them. They may have difficulty recognizing their own feelings or needs at all, mm-hmm. which is something me and you have discussed several times on this pod. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of not really knowing where we stand with that. A hundred percent. And I think that a lot of people struggle with like being in the gray, living in the gray, living in the middle, like needing to depend on people, needing to ask for help, needing help, wanting help, being able to express that. But then being codependent is just like amping that up to 11. It's like, yeah, it's, it's being taken too far. It's being abused and it's just hard to be in the happy medium for, for things, you know, like Mm -hmm. do it, but don't do it too much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's It's all, it's, I hate that it's always comes back to this, but it really is a balance game, Mm -hmm. right? You can't be too much of anything in life. Otherwise you're going to miss out on the other part of it. Totally. So then we also need to understand the roles. We did touch on this before, understanding caretaker versus taker uh, roles in a codependent relationship. But to reiterate and just to give a more specific definition, the caretaker in the relationship prioritizes the thoughts, feelings, and needs of the other person over their own. As a result, they often lack the ability to take care of themselves. So um, that goes emotionally, that goes physically. And they spend a large amount of time making sure the other person is taken care of. Yep, we're all familiar with that caretaker role. That We mm-hmm. have a lot of those in our lives, or we sometimes are that caretaker. Yeah. Now the other role, on the other hand, is the taker. And the taker often takes advantage of this caretaking, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And in many cases, the caretaker caretaker's needs overshadow the overshadow those of the caretaker, so much so that the other person in the relationship may completely lose their sense of self. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens a lot of the times with that caretaker and taker dynamic. Is the caretaker often their needs are just completely bulldozed over by the taker, mm-hmm. right? Now, uh, let's go over some of the symptoms of what a taker and a caretaker might feel or experience in this kind of dynamic. So the taker symptoms, a lot of the times they're feeling heavily reliant on others to feel confident. Um, They're often feeling empty and unfulfilled. They may even feel angry or irritated often. Uh, They may feel entitled to other people's time and energy. Um, they spend a ton of time comparing their, themselves to other people, which, mm. you know, goes down to, uh, which relates back to our judgment episode. We yeah. talked a lot about yeah. this and that. You know. Yeah. Okay. So that's the taker symptoms, but then the caretaker symptoms are needing to be needed to feel like you matter, having a hard time receiving because you're so used to giving, feeling like a martyr, sacrificing yourself, feeling constantly anxious about meeting other people's needs perfectionism, overly busy, and rarely spending time on yourself. Yeah. So you can see the differences, obviously, between those two. They feel different. 
they feel the lack in so many ways, but it, it, it manifests differently for each person. Yeah. Right? And they each kind of exacerbate one another, which is why they play off of one another. So I don't want to say perfectly, but perfectly to the point where yeah. it makes them more of those symptoms when they're around the other person. Yeah. It becomes even worse. You're mm-hmm. just like, oh gosh, now I'm a lot of that one thing. Yeah. So let's talk about some signs that you might be in a codependent relationship because Mm -hmm. a lot of us don't even know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. I mean, we might have an understanding of what codependency is, but Mm -hmm. if you're in the thick of it with Mm -hmm. someone that you've been with for maybe years Mm -hmm. or if it's long-term, short-term, doesn't matter, you might not even understand that you're in a codependent relationship, right? And I think oftentimes people don't want to accept it. They don't want to label it that because there are good things to most relationships yeah and they just kind of focus on that or they say no no but and then they try to explain away behavior or label it something else you know he's just blank she's just blank right and so it's important to kind of try to objectively look at the signs yeah absolutely so the first sign that you might be in a codependent relationship you might pay more attention to your partner's feelings than your own Mm -hmm. you might ignore your own feelings and often don't even know how you feel Mm mm-hmm um, this one is specifically uh, in the caretaker's experience when we're talking about roles, caretaker versus caretaker. I mean, caretaker versus taker. I think I've said that a few times now. I meant the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get it. You get it. Um, but well, yeah. That actually, I feel like, well, we, I mean, obviously we do that in relationships. because <laughs> We both, I think, are the caretaker codependent yes. person, right? So that has come out so often. I think that it can kind of sneak up on you too. Like for me, a lot of times it manifested in always going to them, driving to them. Um, Yes. Even if it was like so out of my way and really hard for me and it actually was stressing me out and making my life worse, that was always something that I felt like I had to do to make them comfortable in the relationship, to make them want to continue to see me. Yeah. And that was just a really major one that later I looked back and was like, what the hell <laughs> what am yeah. I doing? That's a great point, actually. And I am 100% guilty of that. Right? Like, I have dated people Wait, too far, yes. too. Yeah. You just had this situation where you would drive a couple hours, three hours. Yeah. Well, the last person I dated lived in San- Santa Barbara. Yeah. And so I would drive, yeah, a cool two and a half hours. And, I mean, she would offer to come see me, too, but that's the thing yeah and you think as the caretaker codependent you're like she doesn't mean that or she'll get bored or she'll get too tired of that so I won't even go there I'll just come to you it's just I'll just come to you right I don't want to inconvenience her Mm -hmm. more and I don't want another I don't want if we're being real deep about it (laughs) I don't want her to abandon me over something like that and if I'm really looking at the root issue of it it's all just like I don't want her to ditch this because she's annoyed with having to constantly come to me and since I don't mind because I'm a people pleaser caretaker I I don't mind I'll go to you really what that means is it doesn't matter if it's inconveniencing me ultimately I'm saving myself from being rejected and abandoned yeah because I think I'm not worth it for you to come out to me and that's okay so that's like a really big point I just want to hone in on this for a second because it took me a little while to understand this and like the fact that Yes, the equal exchange of having someone come to you, even the physical aspect mm-hmm. of, like, who is to see who, like, that's still really important. And if you ignore, like, uh, for me, it did come down to I just felt like I wasn't worth someone coming to yep. see. Yep, 
And yet I feel she's perfectly worth coming right. to see. But why right. don't I feel that way about myself? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, so bizarre. it's just so weird. I don't know. Okay, so the next one is that you depend on your partner to feel okay. You make it so your unhappiness is tied to your partner's actions instead of taking responsibility yourself for how you feel. And this is usually more specific to the taker's experience in codependent relationships. Yeah. And actually this, I don't necessarily experience exactly as that's worded. Um, But I feel like... No, like, um, as a caretaker, making sure they're okay mm-hmm. makes me feel content and like everything's okay. So, mm-hmm. in a sense, that's true for caretakers, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. need to make sure you're happy or I, I'm freaking out and I'm anxious. <laughs> yeah. But in this sense, the way it's worded, I feel like it's more what we've experienced of, like, if we do the thing that the taker in the relationship is not expecting and doesn't want, they react weirdly to us and yeah. kind of, like smirky and like how dare you like indignancy of like i can't believe you yeah corrected me or stood up for yourself or (laughs) are setting a boundary you know it's that face and tone and vibe they'll rarely say that but that response yeah you know and so i think that's kind of what how this is worded is reminding me of and we're afraid of that response. We don't exactly. really want to see that because we're already hyper vigilant. So anything, mm-hmm. any sort of response you make, mm-hmm. even if it's not a response and you think it was very, like, if the person thinks it wasn't as bad of a response, we know exactly what you are, we're trying to say or think yeah. based off reading you. you know? Well, and it's like that has happened to me when I haven't been as bubbly and fun and active and making the day great for them, when yes. I haven't agreed with them exactly, when I haven't bent over backwards to make their like needs, quote unquote, over mine. That is the reaction that I get. And it reinforces the fact that if I don't do the things that I'm prone to do as a caretaker codependent, then I will be abandoned and rejected because they did not like that. And they are responding badly to me. Yeah. You know, they are pulling away. Right. And that is the worst case scenario for a codependent Mm -hmm. is for someone to leave because of that. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, we we feel like that's in our control when it's really not. Yeah. And it means I, oh, you're right. I wasn't worth it. But actually it just means that person, this relationship is not working for you. Exactly. It's not a comment on your actual validity as a human. But I struggle with that super bad. I don't even get it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making the point right now, but I I don't understand it at all. I don't get it in my soul. (laughs) Um, yes. And, uh, the next thing is you don't feel at ease when you're together. You feel stressed around your partner and you often feel irritated and frustrated with your partner and you're more relaxed around other people and not really relaxed around your partner. Mm -hmm. So that's, what's funny about that too, is if you think about it, a romantic relationship is meant to enhance your life and not make it feel worse than Mm -hmm. like, so if you're stressed around someone all the time that's Mm -hmm. a good indicator that that person's just not right for you you know yeah and i think some of us try and make excuses of like well you know i'm only sometimes stressed Mm -hmm. or i'm only sometimes whatever but it's like you know for the most part it should be something that brings you you should feel light around Mm -hmm. that person and also probably like why because you're if you're addicted to the familiarity of the oh, good, everything's fine, I'm doing everything right, so they're fine, and then all of a sudden it switches, and now I feel anxious and stressed because I need to figure out what to do to make them okay. Oh, okay, I did it, and now everything's fine again. It's like that back and forth, even though maybe the everything's fine again takes up a longer period of time than the stressed portion, that back and forth and the motivation of why you're doing that and why you eventually get stressed and anxious, that's not 
healthy. Right. That's the part that's not healthy. It's right. not like time frame most of the time everything's fine it's like yeah but it's only because you're killing yourself to try to make everything okay for them at all yes times, yes know? understanding the difference between that because obviously in every relationship even secure attachment styles and secure people who don't have codependency issues of course there's going to be issues yeah. that are, it's, i mean it's natural your mm-hmm. relationship's going to go through rough patches and whatnot but yeah. it's understanding the difference of am i killing myself to yeah. make this work right now or is it just that we're both having an issue yeah you know okay and then it says you do anything for your partner's approval so you may judge yourself harshly which might manifest as you pushing yourself to look good or perform right in order to get your partner's attention or approval i definitely felt this way like um i just chose people who had very i probably out of my codependency had very specific expectations of women and like judgments of women and were um noticing things that I knew they were noticing so then I made it a point to make sure that was on point so that Mm. they didn't point it out Mm, okay you know like physically or physically probably mostly physically okay yeah absolutely like they would point out physical things about other people about other people about me thinking that it was normal and I thought it was normal yeah because it felt normal and actually I just saw a meme no, uh, video, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was a clip compilation of like all of these videos circulating in the world mm-hmm. of men commenting on women's bodies. And the person posting it at the beginning wrote, mm-hmm. I wonder why I thought it was normal for men to comment on my body. And then all these clips behind it. And it was like, oh, yeah, of course, because that's what we've been inundated with. Wow. And it was really stunning to watch, honestly. Wow. And like, I was like, you know, yeah, I guess that's why uh, in all my relationships, I just thought yeah. that was how it is. Uh, you know, I'm I'm here for you. I and all women are here for you to objectify. And if we're not on par, you get to make note of that and tell the whole room and then you know I just would try to make sure that I was fitting into a certain box and checking off you know yeah things on the rubric so that nothing would come up and I wouldn't be embarrassed or like um, be judged well that's so crazy that you mentioned that it's so true with the whole men and judgment thing and honestly um I think a lot of us learn that too. I mean, we've both mentioned this, like, I don't know, my dad would also say remarks about women's bodies a lot growing up. And I, and still does. He thinks that's normal. Yeah. And I've tried to coach my dad on this several times of why this is not okay, Mm -hmm. but he just is stuck in his ways. So, and a lot of that generation just doesn't understand this concept Mm -hmm. of like, and I don't get it. Why do you guys feel the need to comment on women's bodies? We don't do that to you guys. Like, I mean, I mean, do we? <laughs> I think not at the rate or like magnitude. Yeah. Of the other, right? I don't know. I just I feel like it's way worse when it comes to women. Like we are under a magnifying glass, and I just feel yeah. like that's that's not okay. Anyways, um, you feel like you need to save them from themselves. If one partner is having a hard time paying their bills or struggling with addiction, you may take on the caretaker role to help them with those things. But ultimately, you're saving them each time without the partner actually stepping up to the plate, and that causes an imbalance over time. And then it causes us to be resentful and be like, you're never blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, they don't have to. Yeah. 
you yeah. know? I know, that resentment is real. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, it says here, you want to change who they are. So maybe you're a homebody, but they want to go out. So if you stay at home, hoping you'll eventually convince them to do the same, or you force yourself to go out, hoping that that small act of kindness might convince them to give up that behavior, that's codependent. Trying to coerce them into changing what you already know and what they've maybe even obviously stated to you is true about Mm -hmm. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, taking time out for self-care makes you feel selfish. So if you find it difficult to do the things that you normally love doing when your partner isn't around, this is definitely a sign of codependency. So does it feel wrong to be without them? Does it feel off doing things that you used to love doing before you met them? Can you spend just a couple of hours outside your comfort zone without relying on their presence for self-care? So that is tough. I mean, for me, um, this one is also a tough one. Like just, you know, not having their presence around can sometimes give me anxiety. And Mm -hmm. I hate that because Mm -hmm. it uh, conflicts a lot with my need to be alone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But a, a lot of the times I feel like, you know, I don't know, I just... I feel guilty for taking the time to hmm. spend on me, especially when I'm in a partnership. I'm just, like, constantly worried if, if they're okay and all yeah. this stuff. So. For me, I feel like that has more to do with, like, one time I I um, t- was talking to Sue, our, my counselor, and <laughs> I, um, I was like, Sue, I just feel like I can't, I'm not m- my, I'm, I'm two different people. I'm Megan with people. And Megan yeah. alone. And I feel like when I'm alone, I'm almost, like, paralyzed. I don't know what to do when people aren't around because I don't know what I want to do, how I relax. I don't know anything about myself. So when other people aren't there to give me feedback, I don't know what that looks like. And mm-hmm. I almost and I just wanted alone time to just stop the voices of other people, like stop the feelings of the energy around me, mm-hmm. you know, from other people just to quiet that all down because it's so overwhelming. Yeah. And I didn't understand how to energetically even set boundaries, like try to push away what I'm feeling from you and just keep my stuff, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that really has been a learning curve for me of like having boundaries when I'm with people so energetically I'm not taking on too much and I know when to go be alone and take care of my own needs and what that looks like and having healthy alone time being like I'm not just regressing and doing like stuff just to get out of my head I'm actually spending time with myself I'm doing healthy coping strategies alone I'm enjoying my time alone rather than it being like a oh my god thank god nobody's here I can just be paralyzed and do nothing and be confused until I'm back with people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And then that makes it difficult in that moment to continue to choose yourself. It's what you said is it's very important to, you know, carve that time out for yourself Mm -hmm. and still not feel guilty about it. Yeah. Um, You feel anxious when you don't hear from them. So we've talked about this many times on the pod. Um, You stress out on whether or not you might be like reading their text messages and seeing if they like, you know, read your message, if they responded yet. Um, You might check your phone every couple of minutes to see if they've reached out to you. You know, Mm -hmm. I've definitely struggled with this and I can tell when someone is starting to pull away. So Mm -hmm. I've had this happen a few times and 
Unfortunately, if anyone is listening to this and is single and is out in the dating world, I'm sure they've experienced this many times where someone just slowly stops responding to you and you thought that a connection was built, you know, and mm-hmm. this, this happened um, quite recently for me and that's, we've, we've talked about this, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a... Uh, it's hard because when you feel like the connection was mutual and you feel like you were on the same page about so many things and yet they just start yeah. dwindling that communication and not giving you any reason why um, for someone who's an anxious attachment slash codependent, that drives them nuts. I mean, yeah. we want the honest communication, if anything, just at least tell us like, you know, why you're pulling away. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times people feel it, it's hard to... Um, well, it's hard for people to share how they really mm-hmm. feel. And I think at the end of the day, they try and avoid that by mm-hmm. doing what they feel as the easiest route out, which is ghosting, right? Mm. Um, so ghosting sucks, but also there is just so many ways where the codependent is uh, freaks out in situations mm-hmm. like this, even when you're not getting ghosted and they might just uh, be having a busy day, yeah. you know, and that's why they're not responding to you. But we just can't separate the two. Because we're, again, always worried about abandonment. Yeah, yeah, we, we always worry about that. So if you feel that to the max, you're probably an anxious attachment on top of being codependent, which yeah. it's really fun. But Listen to that episode. <laughs> Another sign is if it's difficult to explain how you're feeling about your relationship. So when asked how things are going, it's hard to be negative or positive, mostly because you're focused on the other person in the relationship, so you're not really spending time processing your own feelings or emotions. Yeah. You've talked about this a few times with me, right? This is literally every relationship I've ever been in. And everyone's (laughs) like, oh, are you getting engaged soon? I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) The way you say it, too. No. And like, how's it going? You know, and I, I freak out internally. Everything goes blank. I get sweaty. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to give feedback on this. And it's weird because when you hear other people discuss their relationships, they always have such a clear mm-hmm. I answer on this. Yeah. Like, you know, even when discussing this with my sister or like siblings where they're like, oh, how's your relationship going with blah, blah, blah. I don't know how to answer that. Yep. It's a, it's really, Please don't ask me. <laughs> and it's because, yeah. And it's because I've been focused so much on the other person, but yeah. I don't want to admit that. So in the moment I'll just be like, Oh, and I'll try and come up with mm-hmm. something that I feel is suiting to what's going on. Exactly. But, you know. It's just kind of as a lie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, next one is you have trouble being alone. How often do you spend your time alone versus time with your partner? Can you sit comfortably without feeling the need to reach out to them? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is so weird for me because I love my alone time. I really mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. I love doing digital art. That's one of the things I love doing to, like, calm me down and get me in a really good mind space. Um, there's several things I love. I, I live alone. I love bopping around my apartment. Just <laughs> just bopping. Just bopping. <laughs> really, just bopping yeah. my life away in my Absolutely. apartment. But if I'm in a relationship with someone, all that bopping around uh-huh. in the back of my head, I'm thinking... What are they doing? What are they doing? And also... Do I need to remain, or when's the last time we've stayed in touch, really? Because it's like, even if I don't know what they're doing, I also am anxious that if we don't remain constantly in contact, that they're going to lose interest. Yep. So, and especially when you're in the dating world and you haven't established that you guys are yet Mm -hmm. exclusive, but yet you are, it's building up to that. Yeah. It's that weird in-between space that it's just like, you know, of course my anxious attachment's going to show up because Uh I don't know Mm -hmm. how to define this. We haven't really talked about it. So 
And then at the fact that, like, I'm spending a lot of alone time and I haven't heard from you is Mm -hmm. freaking me out. 100%. You know. And then if you routinely cancel plans to spend time with your partner. So um, this is closely related to self-care. Like, maybe you carve out too much space for your partner. So like that you've reached out less and less to other loved ones or out of fear that if you're busy, you'll lose the opportunity to maintain a connection with your partner. I've definitely done this in my past relationships. Like yes. where somebody, I don't even have plans with my partner, but I'm, I don't make plans with somebody else just in case mm-hmm. they are available. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that before too. And what's crazy is if the other, if the romantic partner that you're with catches on to the fact that you're doing this, it's very much like or if they find out in a way that you've kind of like skirted plans for them and over time they're realizing this, it's just, I don't know, it's not attractive at the mm-hmm, same time because mm-hmm. your partner wants you to be your independent full self, Yep. right? Not that it's all about whether or not they see you attractive or not, but I'm just saying just keep that in mind because mm-hmm. like that kind of behavior is it's just not, not even attractive. ultimately helping you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not only is it not helping you, but it's also not attractive. And then once that comes to light, it can kind of, eh, you know. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, and then just kind of, I want to go on that point again of just canceling plans and stuff. I have been guilty of this, and especially in my early 20s when I didn't realize I had codependency problems. Mm -hmm. I can pin back my first real relationship and realize that, like, I sucked in so much of my life into that relationship. And then when we broke up, I truly, like, I hadn't talked to my friends in a while. I, yeah, I didn't even know where to begin with that. isolated. Yeah, whereas I saw people all, all around me go through breakups, um, still maintain their friendships through those relationships so that when they broke up, they had those friendships to lean on. Mm-hmm. And yet, it, that was really difficult for me in the, in my 20s. I really yeah. had to navigate a lot of alone time. Like, because, why is this happening? Yeah. Why do I have nobody? Exactly. Yeah. And, it, it, and then I didn't want to take responsibility for that, but over time I realized... Yeah, that's my fault. I'm I'm not right. I'm dropping all my relationships for this one relationship. That's not healthy, you yeah. know. So, um, oh, yeah, you may feel like you ask for too much, mm-hmm. so you might be hesitant to speak up for what you need because you're afraid of the outcome. Yeah. So obviously, we all know this. Communication is paramount in relationships. It's crucial. So if you feel guilty for addressing specific issues or you're maybe feeling unsure whether or not you're right or wrong for feeling the way you feel, you know, your partner might be gaslighting you, which is Mm -hmm. something to keep in mind, right? Yeah. So. I definitely feel this way. I don't even know if it was because of a gaslighting situation, but I think because of my codependency, I usually feel like I don't know if I'm right or wrong feeling a certain way because of my insecurity you know because I'm like I feel uncomfortable with that or I don't like that or I'm mad and then immediately I go I check myself I think well why I'm gaslighting myself uh, is what codependency is really you're you got constantly gaslighting yourself so you might have a partner who's also doing that but you're questioning yourself is gaslighting oh 100 percent, and that's a great point actually it's not even I mean, they, they mentioned in this article that we're referencing, for, this is from Medical News Today, by the way. I thought I should add that in mm. case anyone wants to look it up. Um, but a, a lot of this is talking about gaslighting, when uh, recognizing gaslighting when other people are doing it to you. But mm-hmm. also, but what you just said is crucial. Like, we are constantly gaslighting ourselves. And yeah. I think it's important to recognize that we're the main mm-hmm. um, perpetuator of this. Totally. You know, so. Okay, and then the last one, Huge huge yeah. feeling unable to set healthy boundaries we just had a boundaries episode go back and listen to that one that was a long good one necessary 
because having a hard time setting your own boundaries is usually due to fear of losing connection with your partner. You believe maintaining the like yes man approach of always accepting always in which your partner treats you or doing whatever they need that will ensure your partner won't leave you. But it comes at the expense of your happiness and overall satisfaction in the relationship. Yeah. That's crucial. I mean, we we talked about this in length on our boundaries episode, and we definitely recommend you going back to that. Mm-hmm. But really setting the healthy boundaries and sticking to them, even when it's hard, even when your partner gives you pushback, even when your partner uh, acts differently with you, you need to recognize what you will and won't tolerate in the relationship. Yeah. And you know what? You gain so much respect. If the partner's right for you, you're going to gain way more respect out of the person than you are to get pushback and if you are to get if you're getting more pushback than you are respect after setting those boundaries that's maybe a good indicator they're not the right partner for you totally right so let's talk about what you can do if you're in a codependent relationship like how can we cope with this megan action steps yeah steps to get us through this because how navigating this is difficult so get a trusted outside perspective Turn to your friends or family members and ask them what they've noticed about any changes in your behavior or signs the dynamic of the relationship might be a little skewed. Um, And I know this can be difficult because sometimes our family members' ideas are skewed as well. I mean, they they have biases of of their own. Mm -hmm. So maybe, I mean, if you don't feel comfortable with family, turn to a friend that you know will give you the honest truth. Like, we all have that one friend who will, no bullshit, just give us what we need. I mean, we don't all have that friend, but a lot of us do. A lot of us have someone we can turn to that it's like, all right, no bullshit, tell me what's up, right? Yeah. So it's really important to have that. Or you can reach out to a mental health professional, which is mm-hmm. always recommended. And yeah. we're not mental health professionals, so we... Let's be clear. We will let you know what we think on all this, but mm-hmm. we won't... Yeah. We ain't doctors. Yeah. So then the, another one is check in with yourself. Re-examine your value system. So your core values are a system of beliefs that drive everything you do. you got to make a list of those core values. Ask yourself... Where have I made sacrifices? What am I taking responsibility for? How do I feel about myself? Yep. I mean, our core values are super important. And this is, comes back to the respect uh, aspect in your relationship. If you feel like you're, being, you're not being respected enough, if you sit down and write out your list of core values and truly stick to them in your relationships, not only will people respect you for that more, but you'll realize how much freedom you mm-hmm, feel out of that. Totally. You know? So the next one is create a timeline of all of your all of your past relationships. So often people who are codependent will exhibit patterns of behavior across different relationships over time. So by journaling your past relationships or revisiting some of the things that didn't work out, you can determine if you are repeating patterns of behavior from those past relationships. And of course, by identifying these patterns, you can isolate the things that you can work on And you can see how that actually made you feel in the past, which Mm -hmm. helps you act better in the present. Yeah. Right? So this is crucial. I started doing this, but unfortunately, the last relationship I was in, or the last, I mean, it was a very short connection type thing, but um, I didn't journal on that one. And I felt like that was a good one to journal on because I was very in my head about what happened in that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's really important to just journal out. And the the list, the timeline thing is super crucial of just all your past relationships really pointing out Mm -hmm. uh, those patterns that were repetitive. Totally. And then lastly, set those healthy boundaries. Yeah, girl, yeah. You have to set the boundaries. This is a process. It's very difficult, especially for codependents. But 
Both parties have to be open to communicating and, and listening from one another. You know, well, you have to take responsibility for your own actions, which ultimately is what boundaries are. It's setting, what am I going to do when something happens that makes me feel X, Y, Z? Yeah. That makes me feel unsafe. That makes me feel uncomfortable. That pushes past a core value of mine and then actually follow through. You have to push through and you have to respect yourself enough to stick to that boundary because especially if it's violating your core values, mm-hmm. which you already should have written down if you were following these steps. <laughs> we are I'm mad like, at us and you. I'm lecturing now. <laughs> the audience knows. <laughs> Not lecturing you. We love you. Um, but yeah, just something to keep in mind. If you do all these steps, you have to enforce mm-hmm. those healthy boundaries. Exactly. And last but not least, just keep this in mind that these are the signs that you should leave a relationship, which is if the relationship becomes abusive, either physically or verbally, mm-hmm. you are out of there. Yeah. Okay? No if boundaries going to fix that. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. If it's unsafe, no boundaries going to fix that. Like, boundaries are important, but once it... What did we say in the boundaries episode? What they are not is, you know, trying to make an unsafe situation safe. If it's unsafe, you have to just leave. Yeah, absolutely. And I I know that it's harder for some than others, especially when it crosses that line. Mm -hmm. And then you've now tolerated that behavior for a certain time And then you feel like, oh, it's my fault because I acted like it was okay. Yeah. You at any point can say, this is not okay. Absolutely. And don't forget that. Okay. So last question. Do you like us? Bye for now. Bye.